Hello fellow coaches, it's Angela here. I hope you're well. Have you ever heard anybody say to you, just be yourself? Well, what is your core truth? And how does that really set you apart from other people? How do you put that together? So today we're going to be looking at the alignment of passion, ethics, honest business practices that mean that you talk about your service in a way that does not just look like more self-promotion. This is a fascinating conversation. Join us today. Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. I had an experience this week of realising that in order to start a new venture that was on my mind, there was one reason why I was procrastinating over getting it going. And I'm not particularly a procrastinator on the front end, but it was because I hadn't worked out my core truth, my mission for that thing to the marketplace. If we put it under another word, your core truth is your passion, your angle, your take your space on the stage and the thing that you want to stand for or stand against, that's going to help you position yourself in the marketplace against any of your competitors at the same time. So this is our topic today. So just to give that some context very quickly, um, as I've said in the past on this podcast, in 2017, I really had the opportunity to change my own specialist business and go into a different market around corporate training and I had the name uh, Maverick Communication at the time which I can't use anymore because there's a limited company in that name and as things develop I've had to change it and these things happen for each of us in business anyway so um, I had an idea around how could I bring the speaking to a new voice a new audience a new way around it and so Speakovation um, is being born But I couldn't work out where I wanted to be with it. Like, you know, it's this idea, actually. We're going to talk about, like, the formation of that creativity, that idea in the marketplace. Like, before it's even formed, how to form it really is behind this. Like, what's that core truth behind even the reason that idea is there? And I knew I wanted to bring the speaking world, you know, speaking to the world in a different way. I know some of the things that are out there that I think fine and some I don't like, etc. But like, what about me? Where did I want to sit with this? And for, I don't know, for the last three or four weeks, I couldn't find it, couldn't seem to kind of go, I, in other words, I could do this. I could do that with it. I could turn it into online, you know, courses. I could just keep corporate training. I could do this, or I could do that, or I could do something else with it. And there were so many uh, routes to different markets that were possible. I literally didn't know which to choose, as it were. 
but I was trying to choose too soon. I was trying to find that route before I'd really found the heartbeat of, of what it was because the route won't matter then to, to, to some degree. And there was a point before even doing the, the, the validation, etc., was to actually tap into what did I want to stand for with this and why was it important to me? And it wasn't until I was talking to uh, one of my coaches, and actually, I'll just say this, I've had a coach for six years, the same one. That's highly unusual. It's like a marriage partner in the business world, as it were. I've had that coach for six years. He knows me. He's for me. And he's incredibly, um, you know, perceptive. And he will say what I need to hear and say what I don't need to hear. And I just said, I need you to hear me out. I need to just pour some stuff out to you. And I need you to tell me what you think I'm, you know, what you're hearing in this. So as I kind of poured it all out, I started to get a clearer idea of what was really the heartbeat behind my work. And it was coming at me afresh, even after the years of being in business, it was coming at me afresh. And I realized that actually it wasn't just about speaking, if that makes sense. That was a vehicle. But it was about platform. It was about stage. And I found it very curious that how I'd had so much opportunity with senior leaders in some of the work that I'd not even craved or sought. Because I have a big belief that when somebody takes the stage visible, you know, you know, particularly if they're speaking to a large group of people, is that's a place of service, not a place of self-promotion. Now, that's going to be very controversial in this day and age around visibility, as if visibility is just there so you can self-promote. And let me put it in context, because I come from a, a fairly famous um, performing family in the UK. My uncle was a famous ukulele player called George Formby in the 1940s. And, um, you know, I grew up watching great comedians, masters of their craft, masters of audience connection and stage performers from a very young age as my father took that act around the UK in the 1970s. And when I was watching these people, I saw that there was an honour of their audience, particularly around comedians, because you could not take your audience for granted. You had 20 or 30 seconds to come out on that stage. And suddenly, you know, if you didn't resonate, if you didn't gel, if they didn't feel a sense of goodwill, a sense of uh, service to them in their entertainment you you died a death very quickly. And I come from that background, not necessarily a business corporate background. I come from a stage background. And I've always felt that being on the stage is a privilege. Being in front of hundreds of people that have paid or have sat there and taken their time out to give you their time and attention is a privilege. And you need to do your level best to actually show up there with as much value as you possibly can. And in that transaction, you are kind of selling something around the character you're playing, the thing that you're wanting to, you know, an audition, a product or service. There's just, there is something at the end of it, but there is a big difference between being humble and seeing that being any level of visibility or leadership as an opportunity to serve the people in the audience with your wholehearted ability and skill in front of you versus what I think it's become today via social media, which is now you become an influencer. Now it's about self-promotion and with, with a complete disregard to the fans and the audience. And 
there's a TV program in 1961 where my uh, one of the last TV appearances that my uncle ever made before I was born. And he has a quote and he, and he says, you know, we don't make ourselves famous. He said, I didn't put myself here. You make us famous. You, the public, you put us here. You put us where we are. And there was a level after all of his films and stage, you know, in Korea and to the fact that in UK people still go to conventions every single year in Blackpool to play George Formby songs. He was that well loved. Why was he that well loved and remembered? Not because he was controversial. He had a great personality. Because I think of the way that he was with an audience and the way that they resonated with him as a person and his humble approach to seeing a way of entertaining and serving them. And until I tapped into that truth, that that's what I wanted to stand for, I couldn't see my point of difference. So therefore, whatever idea of route to market I was trying to come at wasn't going to work. Or it was just too soon because I hadn't found my voice, metaphorical voice. And I spent 15 years finding other people's. But where all of your experience and all of your life and who you are and what makes up you, where it comes together becomes that intersection of core truth. And I think that's the place to, to actually then start to think about your market and your route and your service from that space. Because to me, nothing else is a point of difference until you tap into that. Long story, but, you know, yeah. just that's... Well, but so so true though, because I mean, you know, like when I started my podcast years ago, I called it Passion Business Podcast because I always thought that, yeah, okay, uh, I won't argue that passion alone won't get you there, but hell, you have a hard, a tough ride if you don't have any, right? Or if you're not tapped into yours, if you're kind of just sort of change a little flag, you know, into the wind of wherever, oh, here's a quick buck to make and here is a profitable market right now, right? If it doesn't connect with what you stand for at the bottom of your heart, that's the thing. You're always going to struggle and you will have a tough time getting through those challenging moments. Like, because if everything goes, oh, great, progress after progress, well, doesn't really matter. I think it gets... It gets interesting when you hit a plateau or when something goes pear-shaped and doesn't go the way you want at all. So if you don't really care about these people that you're serving, if you don't really care about the thing you're offering, well, it won't take much of a storm to, you know, capsize your boat. It's really easy for you to go under if you don't have that strong anchor, really. You know, I think that is where where it's so important I think to really go deep with it and and you know and dig out and I actually was like when you while we were talking and you're sharing the story earlier it was like my per, like my personal sort of root thing hasn't really changed at all over the years it's always the driving force is this like I've seen my grandma die with her music inside all the things she wanted to do all the potential she had all the stuff she wanted to do and never got to doing part to do like practical stuff part what how she was brought up what she thought was possible for her and it was heartbreaking it was literally heartbreaking to see so much potential 
just going to waste. So I've always been driven by that. It's like, first of all, I'm not going to live like that. I'm going to just like, if I have an, if I feel an, an inspiration, I'm going to write this thing to death. You know, I'm going to full on and play out. I'd rather try it and fall flat on my face rather than sitting there wishing, I wonder what would have been if I had like that I don't want and supporting other people who have an inkling that there's something they want to do like you know always kind of like come on let's go right but there's something else that I keep noticing myself going more and more towards or because noticing more and more and that's very much what you're saying it's this honest service like honest honestly taking care of people Right, not telling them what they want to hear. Oh, follow my six step proven success formula, and then I make a lot of money and you'll be exactly where you were before. Right, because it doesn't work if you don't have X, Y, and Z in place. But I won't tell you that. Like, none of that pulling the wool over, over people's eyes to just tell them what they want to hear, like, genuinely being there and, and offering. You know, sometimes a hard truth, and I've been totally fine with, like, yeah, I sometimes think. Boy, you know, we could have had we could have a much easier ride if we just told people, sold people a proven success formula, right? And I'm like, I'm not, I just can't like, no, that's not how I see things. I feel building something, whatever it is, whether it's making a dress or or studying up to perform a song or building a business, it's like climbing Mount Everest. So there is a lot of joy. It's massively satisfying. It's challenging beyond what you ever imagine, you know. And if you're not up for the ride, then just don't do it, right? So and I'm, I will not tell people what they want to hear, you know, but I'll also take care of them and to a level that other people probably won't, you know. And I will fight for that and I'll stand for that and I will, like, have no hesitation to... to you know, to, to, to say that and be controversial about it. Well, I think it's going to kind of, it's going to nudge into our next podcast here, but I think it's it's so easy. You, you end up taking on, people end up taking on work that they don't really want to do to people. They don't really want to do it. Not in the sense of just validation or just working things out, but in the sense that because they haven't really tapped into that core mission and because they don't believe they've lost belief that their business is going to build itself brick by brick you know act by act it's that now that I you know anything is better than nothing and the problem with that is you lose a sense of your identity in business you lose a sense of what you are and also I think then there's a fundamental misunderstanding and mistrust that that you can't actually work out how to build an honourable, ethical business without just doing the same tactics that everybody else is doing. And my own mentor last night, you know, sent me to look at the story of, I think it's Zappos, which is the online shoe retailer, um, about how they built a billion-dollar ethical shoe business and, and in a market that was just not known for that. So I think, you know... For me, there has to be a fundamental belief that sometimes you will actually miss out on sales because you are standing for something that, you know, you just have to have to have in your values and you have to be prepared to turn things down or not bring certain people on. Remember, you'd said to me, you know, be careful 
who you grace with your money. I'm like, I wish I'd have learned that a few years earlier because just taking on anything and everybody <laughs> won't work. But just to, to round off the topic of core truth, it's like that has to come first, you know, and you because it's the bedrock of the place that you come back to to make sure that you are on track with and that the anything that you pick around market and strategy and routes to market has to have that at its core because even when we talked about the archetypes of some of the very early podcasts you'll jump from market to market with no sense of identity or personal brand or just identity and a feeling of groundedness if you can't actually stand in front of me and say this is what I stand for this is what I stand against this is how I see it this is my opinion because that when you know even if somebody's in the room doing the very same thing as you, there's always going to be a nuance. And that nuance is your core truth about what you stand for and what feels incredibly bedrock foundation for you in your industry. Any final words, Anka? Can't think of anything. <laughs> I think it's it's really it's really you can't overestimate how important that is so you know and if it means to sort of and I think this kind of stuff it's also like you can't kind of hammer it out with a worksheet and sitting there and let's do it like I think sometimes it's like you know when you're out for a walk you know go out with the dog for a couple of hours you know you know stuff will this kind of stuff will become a lot clearer you know and and doesn't mean you can't take any action until you have that nailed, right? It also keeps evolving, but uh, definitely want to pay attention to that and dig deep. Until next time, take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.